ladies and fellas. How are you, my friends? Welcome back. Thanks for joining me on this continued journey. It is season two, bars closed, episode five. So we left off with how my mom and dad got pregnant with me, and essentially the perception is, is that that was done in love, in romance, in careless abandonment. And so I'm going to take that with me until I learn otherwise, and it actually feels right, because the way I came into the world, I was told was joyous, if you will. It, was, it wasn't always a smiling, sad guy. You know, so I'm going to, like I said, you know, and these are all pieces and parts from aunts and uncles and the cousin who heard from the aunt, right? Never really had these conversations. Some of it will come up or I'll share with what one of the other party might have mentioned to me in the mix. But first I'll say just even having gone through that exercise, a lot has come up for me and I've been able to start to remember parts of my past that I had not thought about, hadn't even maybe even bothered to remember certainly didn't think I would ever remember them. They were kind of surprisingly out of nowhere, kind of shocking if it wasn't just for the fact that I was doing this exercise and this podcast and this inner journey in, on the microphone in a very public way. And I think also synchronicity. You know, I'm also doing a series with my sons right now, kicking off with my youngest, Gibran, on the Mixed Messages podcast show whereby we, you know, we're doing a father and son sessions. And so it's very symbiotic in what I'm going through here, which is even thinking about my mother, my father, and my birth, and then what took place between then and the complete and utter train wreck that was my life and meltdown that, I, that I've gone through and I've shared with you candidly and openly. So let's go back to that. So now what I understand is, is that so mom and dad, obviously, boom, they must have hit it for a while and obviously went into whatever that little zone was of the first several months of, holy shit, we're, we're pregnant and very young. And I can only imagine, you know, what are the parents going to say? What's the community going to say? I know from my dad's upbringing, because of the actions of my grandfather, that whole family pool felt very much like a black sheep in our little suburban world, high schools, elementary schools, the different siblings and PTAs, if you will, and my grandmother and grandfather and their parents, you know, had a very volatile relationship and physical abuse and alcoholism and infidelity, and they weren't proud of that. And this comes with that bit of Midwestern, Southerner kind of vibe where, you know, you are the apple that drops from the nearby tree. So if your father or your mother is perceived that way, then most likely you're going to turn out something similar. And that probably wasn't far from the truth for a lot of young people growing up in those kinds of households. So I got to witness that my aunts and uncles or, yeah, and, and dad all really took that seriously and did everything they could to kind of, if you will, reverse, not first maybe perception, but then hopefully generations. So that being said, I don't think my dad was probably very excited about showing up at 15, telling everybody, oh, by the way, so that came about, and I'm sure my mom was feeling that stress too. And so then cut to the next part of the story that I understand, and these are all intermixed. I'm not sure where I got them, but I, certainly some of them I got very early on from my mom. And then maybe even when I went back to Missouri a little bit with the time with my dad. But then it turns out that my mom was in high school in class. And as I had heard the story, my grandmother came into the high school when she found out about this. And uh, my mom's mom 
and pulled her out of the classroom in a very embarrassing and shameful way for being pregnant, dragged her down to the principal's office and took her out of school and gave my mom the impression that she wasn't going to allow her to be there because she wouldn't let her basically be that slut who was shaming the family publicly every single day going to school over a timeline. And then as bad news would come to further bear, when they got home, all my mom's belongings were in a suitcase on the front porch. So I'm in the womb and she's homeless. And as it were, education has always been very important to my mom and now she's pulled out of high school. So I think, as I understand it, that left her with going over and living with my dad, who was living with his mom, of course, still 15 years old in the family home. And so they were living together there, which I can only imagine you'll learn more about that side of the family and my grandmother there. That sounded awful if my mom wasn't shamed enough. On one side of the fence, now she's on the other side of the fence where she just stole the baby of the family's you know, future in life and dignity. And so she was probably getting most of the blame for just being pregnant. So then it sounds like my dad and her worked out something through however and whatever means. He dropped out, sort of mowing lawns. They got themselves their own place. In the beginning, it sounds like my grandmother was on my dad's side, was getting obliterated drunk and going over there with gifts for me and trying to, this is after now I'm born, pregnancy, cut to them getting out on their own, cut to me being born, cut to us being in our own place together where mom felt safe in her home for the most part. And uh, with grandma on dad's side just, you know, playing the fool and particularly she was, you know, at bay. And so it sounded like at that point there were some really magical moments between her, my dad, and I in the very beginnings of life, which also fall into that, well, conceived in love and had a little wonder months there where the magic and the cherishing of a new life in the world that was me was taking place and had the freedom to do so, albeit, I'm sure, with lots of exterior stresses, but there was some good stuff there. Excitement, enthusiasm, it sounds like. And then, essentially, my dad, obviously, was trying to figure out what he was going to do, so he joins the Air Force, and again, I don't know much about the timelines on these, but now I understand that he's maybe even working two jobs, but basically joins the Air Force, and my mom and him make some movings around. I think they end up in St. Louis outside of Kansas, you know, leave Kansas City, go to St. Louis, supposedly tornado hits there, they leave just in time, so there was some relocation going on there. And in that, it sounds like my dad had started his voyage with having a chip on his shoulder and was, you know, if he wasn't already a little rowdy in high school and hanging out with some of the, the bad boys and the crew, even though like, the way that's kind of seen in the pictures that I've seen and painted that he and my mom were kind of the light, the light crew, you know, the little beacons of good juju inside of kind of the bad boy, bad girl scene at that time, that whatever cliche of a group in the school system. So they weren't hanging out with the cheerleaders and the jocks. So, but cut forward, fun fact, my dad married the cheerleader. So now, you know, that it turns out that from my mom's perspective, he's coming home drunk. Now he's bringing his friends over at inappropriate times and treating her like she's some kind of, you know, make my friends dinner housewife 
It sounds like he's not very nice with me. You know, it was just rude and blew up a lot and really unnecessarily. As in, as a man who had my sons in there, you know, became a father in my 20s, you know, I understand how stressful that was for me to mature out of, but I can only imagine for him. But now you just add ego, chip on your shoulder, booze, full-blown black sheep, but now in military. And that is the story of my dad and my mom and me in the early years until what I remember and one of my earliest memories is my mom leaving my dad and we were at the bus station at a very late hour, early morning. I believe it was it was closed and so we were outside and it was storming and so it was like, you know, we were dripping wet, it was cold and I think from what I understand I got pneumonia and I was already born with kind of a chronic bronchitis and so I've started to remember those times too where I would have these coughing fits as a child and it would scare the crap out of anybody in the room. And so uh, I haven't remembered those in 30, 40 something years, but I do remember them vividly now. And so then my mom got away, as I was kind of remembered from my dad. And there are little paints and pieces of potential infidelity or romance from the art school. It was the only time I felt good about life on my mom's side and so my dad's side or my dad has held on to some form of a story that my mom was unfaithful in those early years as well and and so she ended up going and taking me to go live with her father who they were estranged from as he had left my mom and her brother earlier on in their life took actually didn't leave my uncle took my uncle left my mom and then put my uncle up for adoption. And now we're landing in his house in Pocatello, Idaho, with his new wife and family. And I'm two years old, and my mom is 18. We'll come back to this. That's the backstory part for this show, but I'll just leave a little quick message on kind of life and sobriety, 100 days today. Really enjoying looking at alcohol and having my body tell me whether or not it feels good or not to me. You know, like that potion and poison experience. And so now it really just all looks like colored water. And the notion of drinking that colored water and and putting that in my body feels more like drinking, rubbing alcohol versus the deep and utter desire that I've had for many years to sit down and finally have that drink and enjoy a drink. And so... 100 days without a drink, combine that with the other two 60-day sobriety trips that I've done in the last year, right, were 200-and-some-plus days of, of, not, of making committed concern concerning decisions around my sobriety, why I want to be sober, understanding what the value is, what do I hope to glean from this. Life's tough. It's rowdy. We all got personalities and if you quote unquote don't have a problem you know what's the big deal and that's what i'm learning is that it was a very big deal and we gotta we're already seeing trends that we gotta go beyond the 12-step programs that are out there they are very helpful and they can bring people out from their darkest days but you know the real journey here is a journey inward as to what got us here and so as i'm going back through and i'm talking about fatherhood and, and what it means to be a youth and all that stuff with my son on mixed messages and as I'm here being kind of pops to them in this beautiful little charming twilight zone town of Wyoming and as I'm walking Tahoe on longer and longer 
walks and seeing him smell a whole world there that I can't see, which brings all this awareness in my own energy zone of like what spirituality is. It's, it's I can equate it to like whatever that is that Tahoe is smelling all over the yard and taking hard left turns and running up to the bushes and back again and following it up to the other side of the street. All we see is some green blades of grass there. Tahoe has got a whole other sight and sense into the world. And I believe that's really what we all have. And that we're just really way too dependent on some of these other senses to prove that to us to be true. But that being said, if my breakdown is really a breakthrough, and specifically a spiritual breakthrough, what I'm really grasping now from that kind of being settled in peace and sober in it is, holy shit, these constructions of my life were made up by some very, very, very deep wounds that went on very early, and I'd always been told that, but I didn't remember them, and now I do. I have a much greater idea of what the hell pissed me off for most of my life, and we'll get to that in the next episodes. All right, I hope you guys will stick with me here, and feel free to give a shout out anytime. Much love. Power is closed. Good night.